0: Whoever ends up being the leader of the PC party, you know, they're going to have a lineup of special interest groups making demands. And one of those groups is already speaking up. And it's a group that really fights for Ontario businesses I mean, there's no question minimum wage got a lot of attention once it was launched. But then we've gotten into this really busy news cycle because there's all these political scandals, the Me Too movement. All of that has pushed it out of the spotlight. But just because you're not hearing about the struggles Ontario businesses are facing right now does not mean the issue has gone away. And I think it's important because I'm going to keep a spotlight on this issue so that you don't forget what businesses are going through in this province before the next vote, June 7th. Well, now that Patrick Brown is out of the way, these groups are looking for an opportunity to find a leader they say that will fight for them, fight for things like less regulations, sl- you know, slow down labor costs, uh, lower hydro rates, and make policies that are really about growing business and not stifling it. And one group penned an open letter to all three contenders with the hope of opening that dialogue and putting them all on notice. Let's bring Jocelyn Bamford into the conversation. She's the founder of Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Ontario. That they, that just rolls off your tongue.
1: It does, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: and let me say, it was a great opening monologue. I, I loved it. Which one? The wash that man right out of your <laughs> <Absolutely>. hair? <laughs> well, you know, got to have fun with them sometimes. But, I, I, you know, I read your letter with interest in the paper uh, over the weekend, and it, it is an issue that has kind of gone by the wayside, but... What is it that you're hoping that these leaders understand, any one of them that are hoping to replace Patrick Brown?
1: So we're hoping that they understand the importance of manufacturing and businesses in this province. And um, if you saw what happened in the election in the United States, I would argue that that election was won on retrenching manufacturing and businesses into the United States. And it seems that although we've been talking to the government for for months and months and to the opposition party, um, no one seems to appreciate how important that is. And the the U.S. is attracting businesses like you wouldn't believe. They come and talk to us you know, every week I get a phone call from one of the states offering amazing uh, incentive packages to relocate. And we've been saying to the government and to the opposition, you guys need to come up with a plan to keep businesses here in Ontario. And it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. So we're trying to wake the candidates up, mm. how important it is, and have them come up with a strategic plan to maintain and grow business here in Ontario.
0: I mean, news cycles kind of, they come, they grow, and then they kind of peter out. And so right after when the the new minimum wage regulations went into play, we were inundated with stories and we've kind of uh, gotten lost in this huge news cycle that we're in. But what are you hearing from businesses right now as far as them really kind of feeling the pinch of minimum wage? Is that still an issue or are they acclimating?
1: No, absolutely. It's a huge issue. And and for a lot of folks, they haven't actually sat down and and understand the impacts. And I, I encourage all of our members to sit down with their accountants because it's staggering when you find out the additional cost. And so while, while you're going to see maybe revenues increase, and the government keeps talking about revenue increasing, they aren't, uh, they aren't appreciating that profit margins are decreasing. And it comes at a point where if your revenue goes up, but you're uh, sending out a $5 bill with each piece that you send out into the marketplace, that you eventually go bankrupt. And we're going to see the impact of that. I'm, I'm estimating at the first quarter when people see their profit margins really dipping.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's important that we continue to uh, focus on these issues and, and and make sure that they've got a voice because unfortunately, um, they're just being drowned out. And I think people do tend to forget it is, and not just in Toronto, it's all over this province where business owners are really just feeling like they've got the weight of the world. And it's not anything in particular, it's not one policy, but I think under the Wynne mcginty government over 15 years, these businesses have been essentially wrapped in, in red tape. They've had to deal with huge high Hydro costs that they get no relief from, and then they're having to deal with the minimum wage costs, and then on top of that, the dreaded uh, cap and trade, or um, if if in fact the, the PCs do win, you would get this carbon tax. That is something you're also fighting, correct?
1: Right. So we're wanting someone to stand up and say... Um, that the cap and trade and carbon tax is just a, a tax, is a way to line the pockets of the government. And the first thing I did when I got involved with the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers is, uh, you know, I have three children. I want them to live um, in a in a country that has clean air and is environmentally friendly, just as much as everybody else. I don't want to be destroying the pe- planet. But the first thing I did is I looked at our greenhouse gases in Canada, and we contribute 1.6 percent of greenhouse gases globally, and we absorb so much the boreal forest. So we're really as close to a carbon-neutral country as you can, Mm -hmm. Um, and and yet we're bringing out these carbon taxes or cap-and-trade that just end up... decimating uh, uh, both uh, consumers, and I don't know, you know, think of the last time you filled up your gas tank and you went, holy smokes, Uh, you know, a lot of that's coming from cap-and-trade costs, Mm -hmm. and there's just no accountability for either telling you what you're paying in cap-and-trade costs or where the money goes from, and so fundamentally what happens is businesses can't compete globally, and a lot of businesses have contracts that they've signed up with and they can't absorb these additional costs. Once you have, if you have a five-year contract, and in 18 months you've had cap and trade and bill 148 um, and in increasing electricity prices, you know your margin is going out the window, and eventually it it becomes a death by a thousand cuts, and that's what we're seeing right now. So we're yeah. asking the the people that are running for the PC party to stand up and be brave and to really. Uh, stand for something, and that stand for business and manufacturing. Because without us, nobody's having any social programs. And there's, there's no money to go around. It all comes from from business
0: yeah. and yeah. surprise. And, and you can't run a province on the backs of the public sector. That, that's just a period. You can't. So, you know, someone's got to pay for those huge public sector union jobs, and that is business and private business. But, but to your point of the carbon tax, I hate it too. I get, though, why a party has to run on it, because the narrative is so, um, I mean, look, people hear about Mother Earth imploding and all these things, and they get scared. It's just become accepted in the media narrative that, um, you know, you have to price carbon. It's just part of the conversation. So if you're to run against it, it gives your opponent that automatic, oh, you don't care about the environment. And it really plays upon people's emotion because you see the sickly polar bear. But what people don't understand is we don't have a pollution problem in this country or this province. And all of this money, as you said, goes in to the government coffers. What was You know, Patrick Brown's plan at least was revenue neutral. So you you get it back a different way. But again, the businesses are the ones who have to really pay the price. Right. Absolutely. And
1: there's so much that we've done. It, again, if you look at the statistics and you look at greenhouse gas emissions by manufacturing this province, they've actually decreased over the past 10 years mm-hmm. and our productivity has gone up. So um, there's a great story um, by uh, about St. Mary Cement and one of the biggest contributors to greenhouse gases is cement. Uh, factories, And they have done some great, with great technology, um, putting in um, uh, scrubbers and, and ways to become carbon neutral so you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can have um, your manufacturing and you can have incentives, but you don't need to tax everyone to death. Um, on 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 pure emotion, we should be looking at things in a factual way and making policy that's based on fact and not feelings.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, if we weren't taxed so heavily at every level of the government, whether it's a revenue tool or a fee or a toll, which they kind of like to dress these taxes up with different names you actually wouldn't need a raise to the minimum wage because people would be able to afford the cost of living.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the government was really interested in raising people out of poverty, they would do things um, that reduce their taxes and not um, piled on to um, business and manufacturing to make, un- make the money able to compete. Because when companies start moving or closing, it, that's not going to do anybody any good.
0: No, especially with uh, the tax breaks coming out of the U.S. It's very uh, hard to compete against that. The jo- incentives are unbelievable oh, that yes. the U.S. is offering. Indeed it is. So we'll keep an eye on that. Keep in touch with us, Jocelyn, because uh, you may have a voice here. We'll see.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate you letting us tell our story.
0: Absolutely. Jocelyn Bamford joining us to talk about this issue. Uh, And I think it's important for folks to understand this issue. It's not about, you know, anyone not wanting people to make a living. It's that we can't even compete. Donald Trump is making it almost impossible for Canadian businesses, let alone Ontarian businesses, to compete. And on top of that, they got to deal with all this other sludge, carbon taxes, you know, minimum, all these other things they got to pay.